What do acro gymnastics, tightrope walking, and juggling have to do with certifying your company or sourcing from a diverse supply chain? Absolutely fucking nothing, except that our guest today <laughs> does all of that. Welcome to episode 121 of This Shit Works. I'm your host, Julie Brown, and today I am joined by Heather Cox, president and co-founder of Certify My Company, a company that not only helps simplify the certification process for companies, they assist corporations in diversifying their supplier base. All good stuff. Welcome to This Shit Works, your weekly no-nonsense guide to networking your way to more friends, more adventures, and way more success with your host, Julie Brown. Here we go. Did you know that there are a number of different certifications available to companies? Certifications based on race, ethnicity, disability, identifying as LGBTQ. There are a ton, but where to start? I thought about getting my company certified as a women's business enterprise, but I honestly haven't had the time to even think about where to start that process. And if your company doesn't qualify for a certification, have you struggled with diversifying your consultant or supplier base? I know a number of my clients have. Well, good thing for us, Heather Cox is here. Another guest where simply talking about what she does for a living would be burying the lead on how fucking cool she is. Heather serves on the National and Regional Forums for Women's Business Enterprise Council West, as well as the chair of Disability in Nevada, and has held leadership roles with Women's President's Educational Organization, Women's Business Enterprise National Council, and the Gay and Lesbian Chapter of Nevada also the National Association of Women Business Owners and the advisory board for Super Bowl, I don't know Roman numerals. Nobody so, does. <laughs> with XL111. So without further ado- New York, New Jersey, that one. <laughs> without further ado, let's get this conversation started. Heather, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So much fun we're going to have here today. This is going to be fun. I failed to mention that when you are not kicking ass and taking names, you enjoy weightlifting, wine tasting, and baking cookies and cheesecake. Well, I actually have been retired from the baking in my house now, thank God, because my oldest daughter decided that she loves to bake. So thank God I don't have to do that part anymore because I tended to eat more than I baked. Yeah. The batter is always better than the final product to me. Yep. Yep. So we're able yep. to outsource that to a different child. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so right out of the gate, let's talk about what being certified means and what the benefits are. Perfect. So being certified simply means that your company is owned, operated, and controlled by a person or people within one of those five categories that you mentioned. Women, ethnic minorities, LGBT, veteran, or disability owned. And veteran can be veteran that's not service disabled or service disabled, or it can be a veteran with just a disability. So it means that you have proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that, that one of those demographics owns, operates, and controls the way your business is run. Okay. And then the benefits of it are numerous. For starters, people always understand the business development part of it. It's access to opportunities, to new opportunities. It's also access to your current clients that can help you grow the business you already have with them, because now they have an extra reason to try to get you more business. And there's actually people inside all these organizations called supplier diversity managers. Their goal, their role is to increase opportunities and business with qualified, capable, certified, diverse suppliers. Let's say you're already doing business with Johnson and Johnson. Well, now you are certified. You can be like, Hey, Robin, 
I'd love to do more work. I think I could really do a bunch of work for this division of Johnson and Johnson. And she's been like, you know what? You've done such a great job with this so far. Let me introduce you to those people. Okay. Hello. Warm introduction. Amazing. Right. So how does the company determine whether they qualify for a certification? The ownership is pretty clear cut, right? 51% or more. Do you own it or not? <laughs> now, it could be one person, two people, et cetera. So if you own, it's like I own the company 50%. I have a female business partner who's the other 50%. So we are 100% women owned. But let's say, for example, you own the company, but you're like, I don't want to work. I just want to own stuff. I don't want to work. So you can be like, hey, Heather, will you run my company for me? Totally mm-hmm. fine. Because you own the company 100%. You're at least 51%, right? And then like you hired me to run the company. And as a female, as a woman, that means that we are now meeting that second eligibility requirement, which is operation. Does a female or do females run the company on a daily basis? And do they have the highest ranking title in the company per the governing documents? Now that part gets a little tricky sometimes because I'm gonna give you a little quiz. I love to give this quiz when I do webinars. Is in a corporation, okay, that's not an LLC, but a corporation. I'm an S Corp, so. You're an S Corp, okay. So that's actually a tax designation, not a legal designation. But per your corporation, in the majority, 98% of templated bylaws, what is the highest title in the company? What would you say? Uh, Founder or president? So no one's ever said founder before. That's interesting. It's actually president. You're correct. But most people actually say CEO. Okay. Most people throw out CEO because that's like colloquially, we think of that as like the head honcho in a company. But the majority of templated bylaws, and I don't care if you spent $6 or $600 an hour on your attorney, they use the same templates. Okay. So they have, so it's president is the highest ranking title. So a female would have to be highest ranking title. Okay. The next is control per those same governing documents. Do female have ultimate control of the voting? Now that's when it gets to the board of directors and how yep. decisions are made. Okay. So now replace female for any of the other demographics we talked about. And if you're qualified and, or if you even think you're qualified, right? Yeah. Then you should reach out because sometimes it's just a matter of understanding the legalities of your documentation. Okay. What is the cost to getting certified? It's actually the cost. If you go directly to the certifying organizations, which people do, mm-hmm. the cost is negligible. It's if you're under a million dollars, it's $350. If you're one to 5 million, it's 550, five to 10 million, 750 and above 10 million is around 1200. Okay. That's give or take, you know, $50 per, depending on the organization that where you're located, but it's not a lot at all. And is that every year you pay that every year to maintain that, that certification? For most of them, there's a couple, um, the LGBT one and the, and I'm just talking about the private sector right now, state certifications are a different animal and they often do not have a uh, application fee associated with them. Okay. And that's one of the first things we do with most, with every client. Which certification is going to be the best for you? There are a plethora of options out there. You could spend your whole life and your whole bank account getting certified. I don't recommend it. It's not the best tactics, not strategic. So let's figure out the best certification for you based on who your current clients are and who your target clients are. Okay, gotcha. Didn't even think about national versus state. Okay. Yeah, so there's definitely different certification. It's like saying, I need some tissues. Well, do you want the Cottonelle? Do you want the... The Johnson & Johnson, what brand do you right. want of that product? Okay. So for corporations who don't fit into this certification requirement, or for, you know, they don't fill the requirements. Okay. They're not a diverse owned business, you're saying. 
Right. What are the benefits to them creating a supplier diversity program? Well, there's a couple of ways that you can do it, right? So you can either create, you can also partner mm-hmm. with diverse owned businesses, right? Because a lot of times companies can't fulfill an entire contractual need for a exactly. big organization. Exactly. You're taking on partners anyways. Why not partner with a diverse business? Because yeah. then you get, as long as they're truly a partner to you and not just a pastor, like they're truly doing some of the work with you, Mm -hmm. then they can hold the agreement, which then gives you more access. It can make you more beneficial to the, the final, the clients. Mm -hmm. But if they, let's say they're a larger organization, they're 20 million, 30 million, 40 million or billion in revenue, then a supplier diversity program is good business practice because it's going to, it's like, it's kind of like any other relationship. You want to find as many similarities you can with that, with with the person you're in a relationship with. So let's say like a construction company has a contract with, let's say CVS, right? Yep. Okay. Diversity is very important to CVS. They have a fantastic supplier diversity program. Everyone in the company knows about it. So if you want to court them, it's a great opportunity to say, we realize CVS that it's very important to you, supplier diversity. It's also really important to us that we created a supplier diversity program because we know it's very important to you. And we want to make sure that we are the best partner to you that we can possibly be. Yeah, not just a transactional vendor. You want to be a partner to your clients, and so it's going to give you access. But the you know the standard benefits that we talk about all the time, markets, new that companies don't think about changing their vendors or suppliers if they don't feel like something's broken, right? Like, and I always give the analogy of the gym. Like, people don't just when they wake up and go, "I think I'm gonna start going to the gym today." I feel like getting hot and sweaty and sore. That sounds like a really good idea. Most of the time, they start because someone has said. The doctor's like, well, your cholesterol, your blood pressure is a little too high. We really got to work on that. Or they're saying they put on their pants and they're like, well, these fit last year and they don't fit this year, whatever it is. Or they're trying to play with their kids and they can't, they're trying to walk their dog. And they're like, wow, I really pooped. And my dog is like (laughs) dragging me along, whatever it is. Usually they're like, wow, now I really got to think about my diet and exercise. So that's when they join the gym, but give it two weeks, give it two months. And they're like, wow, I actually feel better. Actually, wow, I'm actually excited to go to the gym three times a week, whatever it is. But they would have never done it and there wasn't like a push to make it happen, right? Uh So once they start going though, they're like, wow, this is amazing. I feel so much better, Uh but they needed that thing. So that's kind of how supply procurement people are. They don't always think about something's broken. If it doesn't feel like there's nothing wrong with it, why are you gonna search for a a new one? And so by having these supply diversity programs, it encourages people in your company to look for new ideas, new vendors that could really change up the way things are done. Yeah. So say a company wants to diversify their supply chain. In the beginning of our conversation, you mentioned you work with supply diversity managers. Do you help companies fill that role? Like if they're like, we need to have an internal role, do you help companies fill an internal role to manage that? Yes. They actually created a whole division of the company called I was talking about partnering with, I partnered with two other certified diverse business owners who had different core competencies than I did. Mm -hmm. The three of us together have a a holistic offering that I couldn't do myself. Not Mm as not well, as well, at least, right. It's called supplier diversity in a box. It's for companies that don't have a full desk to dedicate to creating a supplier diversity program. So we create one, we give them like the consulting part of it, the data part of it, and the certification understanding part of it. Yes. Perfect. What's funny is I always like to have stories with who I'm interviewing and you 
in your guest prep form filled out a couple of stories that I was like, I want to know more about that. And one of them was you said stories. you have a former client. I don't know if I'm going to pronounce her name correctly. Jaquil. Is that right? Jackie. Yeah. Oh, is it that? how? Okay. So that's how you pronounce it. Okay. Perfect. Jackie. Yeah. Yeah. Jackie. So you said she watched the movie war dogs and then got a $5 million contact with the Marines. That wasn't exactly like the timeline for it, but yeah. Okay. So she, (laughs) I just watched the movie and then the contract rolled in, but it was pretty close. Right. So she's actually a really funny story because she's one of those people who was like, I don't need certification. No one's ever asked me for it. Why should I get it? I don't want it. And she'd been in a company for 20 years doing great. She created, um, you know, when you go to like a large apartment store and they have like their own brands, she yes. makes those clothing for them. Oh, so they're okay. like in-house brands, right? Okay. Then the pandemic hit and, you know, there was not a whole lot of people ordering more clothes. The stores were closing. Like yeah. she had to close a bunch, she had to lay off a bunch of people, but she still had her relationships with some of her factories. Yeah. So she started making PPE products, different versions of PPE products. Mm-hmm and scrubs and all these different like medical stuff that people were really needing. Mm-hmm. And so Charter, she got a contract with Charter Communications and they set for PPE and they were like, hey, we want to get you diversity certified. You're a woman-owned company. She's like, I mean, I guess I'll do it. Like no right. one's ever really mentioned it before. Like, do it, I guess I'll do it because you're asking for it. They're like, yeah, we'd really like you to do it. So she called, so we worked with her. We got her certified and we did at the same time as she was doing her women-owned certification, we did the WOSB, which is the federal government women-owned small business certification. Okay. okay. So you can do it at the same time that you do your WBENC. And I'm going to throw out a ton of acronyms. So if you need me to like, translate, just let me know. I use them like they're a whole different language. Most of the people who listen to this podcast understand MBE, WBE, DBE. Okay. So women business enterprise and yeah, minority business Perfect. enterprise. So yeah. We submitted her application. Everything's good to go. So in the meantime, she's watching War Dogs with her brand new husband. And she's like, I should start selling arms to the government with my WOSB certification. She's like joking around. And she thinks she's hysterical. She's cracking herself up. Her new <laughs> husband's like, all right, Jackie, whatever, right? We think we're so funny, right? And then she goes to work and she tells her COO, hey, I think we're gonna start selling guns, arms of the government, my WOSB. And he was like, actually, maybe not arms, but what about clothing or uniforms. Mm-hmm. So she was like, yeah. So she goes on to Sam.gov and she finds that they're having Marines are looking for practice uniforms and a $5 million contract later for a certification. She didn't even want to get to begin with. Right. Yeah. So she came to Vegas. I made her buy all the drinks. Yes. <laughs> and drinks are spendy in Vegas. <laughs> There's expensive in Vegas. I'm like, these are on you, Jackie. <laughs> That's amazing. All right. So that's just goes to show you might not even think what is a certification going to do to me Yeah, for me. I want to talk about another story that you teased about a client, Allison, who said your client, yes. Allison, like she sold 10 seven figure companies. So she knows what she's doing. Yeah. But you say she overlooked the one thing that launched her current company that she hadn't even thought about doing in the other companies that she sold. Yeah. So Allison runs an amazing organization called Pinnacle Global Network. They're a mastermind. They're a business coaching group for, you know, most of the business coaching are for startups, like brand new companies. Hers is for people who want to go from six to seven figures or seven to eight figures, et cetera. So she works with larger, more like solidified companies, I guess you can Mm -hmm. say, right? So she um, had always, you know, she was very successful business history mm-hmm. and people kept saying to her, Allison, you should get certified. And she was like, I don't sell to corporations. I don't sell to them. Like, why should I get certified? And we're like, and everyone kept saying to her, but what about the other business owners? And she was right. like, 
I don't know. Like I don't sell the corporations. We're like, we get that. But what about the 20,000 certified business women and business owners that are in WeBank, right? So she happened to happen to be a local, like a regional event near where she was. So her friend and mentee named Robin invited her to come. She's like, just come. It's an hour of your night. Just come. Yeah. She came and she's like, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I was like, look what she said to herself. Yeah. She's looking around. She's like, everybody in this room was a potential client for me. Yeah. And she did. And her numbers skyrocketed. And then she really worked the WeBank system. And now she runs their podcast, Women Who Own It. Mm-hmm. And she interviews. So she gets to market herself on a weekly basis or monthly basis when they do the Women Who Own It podcast and talk about what she yeah. does. And right, that's an unbelievable platform. You're in yeah. front of uber successful women business owners and everybody else who finds that podcast. Yeah. So many little things. So many. Um, <laughs> you have to work it. You have to know what to do. That's the problem. That's the problem is you have to know what to do is that once you get certified, people are like, I'm certified. Where's my rating? Where are the contracts? Not rating from the sky. Right. right? You have to, it's not a magic wand. It's a tool. It's not a magic wand. It's a tool. That's a great, is that an analogy? Is that a metaphor? I don't know. I don't know my words. I don't know what that is. It's a, <laughs> It's a this, none of that. I don't know what the analogy metaphors. Like most people who have a domain name, I bought my domain name through GoDaddy. Yeah. Me and too. you said you have a story All about mine. GoDaddy and mommy. Oh, I see. I know what you're saying. I'm like, wait, wait, what? Oh, so yeah. So GoDaddy, during the pandemic, they interviewed me. They were had interviewed somebody who knew me and they said to her, we need an entrepreneur that's dealing with working at home with kids. And she's like, oh, I got one for you. I got one. Because I have five kids. They're now aged 13 to five. At the time, the youngest, their twins were three. And my oldest was whatever, two, uh, 11. <laughs> I do the math in my head there. And so we were doing this interview about what it's like. And if I have tips and tricks, like I was the expert in this, but I was like, as of no things, right? Yeah, fake it till you make it with your kids. <laughs> Here's the schedule we're going to do, whatever it is. And, there, and so he asked me, and I was so disappointed actually that this didn't make the final cut because I thought it was like the best thing I said in the entire interview. But they said, um, so are you like sitting on the floor a lot more now with your kids playing games? And I was like, not really that kind of mommy. <laughs> I'm more of like the, but I said, but I tell you what I did do with my kids. My oldest daughter never really seen me work because I always go to an office or she was yep. at school when I was working at home time she was 11 right and she loves mommy's help being mommy's helper and babysitting yeah and she saw me on the phone calling people like hustling that was we do as business owners and she, mm-hmm. and she started picking up her phone and calling all of her clients and texting them saying this is when i'm available i got cpr certified this is my rate let me know when you'd like me to babysit for you and mm-hmm. i was like oh my goodness like she really saw how i was running the company and right. she picked up on it and she started doing that for her own and so she'll do that now she'll be like I need to make a flyer to post on the women's group. Can you post it so that they can go in there and whatever it is. So she really saw the hustling part of it. Yeah. And I was like, so proud of her. I was like, so proud of myself that that's what I, so I don't sit on the ground and play Barbies. I'm sorry. I'm not that kind of mom, but I gave a lot of really good life skills. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's funny how the pandemic just opened up just all these different conversations about what we do and how we do it and understanding, you know, there's the, Bring your daughter to work day was every single day during the pandemic. Exactly, exactly, right. She just saw like a different side of things and she saw how I interacted with clients. And before she'd really only heard me telling stories about it at the dinner table or whatever it is. Yeah. But now she saw it, Mm -hmm. which was a completely different experience for her. Yeah. 
I love that she was like, I'm CPR certified. This is my rate. It's more expensive. There are because you can trust like me. there are differentiators out there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> totally. I know baby Heimlich. Like I would like, I would have put that all that on it. I know. It was so impressive. I was like, yes. Now my job is done here. Thank you. Next yes. on to the next kid to fix them. <laughs> now let me figure out the next one. Yeah. I just want to talk about the acro gymnastics, the tightrope walking, the juggling. Like, how is that? in your history and in like, were you in the circus? I, saw, I, I did. I, I was in the circus. I actually put that on my bio because I'm always like, it tells me two things. One, it's a good conversation starter yes. with people. And also it tells me if they actually read the bio. So if they don't ask me about it. I'm like, they didn't read it. Yeah. There's no way they read that. They have no questions about that. Right. So right. I grew up in a little tiny town in Southern California called Redlands. It's the place you stop in to pee on the way to all the cool places in Southern California. And so we, in Redlands, though, there was um, a youth circus. It had been there for years. It's probably been like 60 years now, but it was years since I was there when I was even part of it. And when we moved to Redlands, I was four. My sister was two. And when we were like five and four whatever, or five and three, my parents took us to the circus. And I was like this. Amazing. And it was kids. It was a youth circus. It was kids. Yeah. It wasn't just like the perfect, right? It was all these kids. And I was like, those costumes are sparkly. Yeah. They have beautiful makeup on. I want to do it. Right. So my parents were like, what? My dad's like, my dad's an engineer, super like engineer, square brain. Right. And he was like, you want to be in the circus? I'm like, yeah, I do. So he like signed us up and I did it till I was 18 years old. till I graduated high school. I did everything from like tightrope to unicycle to juggling to acrobatics. And I'm telling you though, it really did change how I work with people because I was always the base of the pyramid. You do not have a pyramid if I don't show up. Nope. We always did a lot of passing and juggling. There's nobody to pass to if I don't show up. Right. So it really did help with like understanding how you can't just be about you. It has to be for the whole team. And so there's a lot of that involved in it. And just understanding that you have to kind of get out of your own way. I, I cried every single practice for one of the classes I was in. It was an aerial act and I do not love heights. It's not my favorite. Mm -hmm. could be. I don't like heights at all. And my mom, I, this is where I got my non-nurturing gene from is my mother because they, at the time, this was before everybody gets an award, right? They yes. were like, well, she's going to have to do the tricks or she's out. We're cutting her and she's not going to be part of this, this performance. Mm -hmm. My mom was like, well, you better get up there and do it if you want to be in the show. Right. There was no like coddling. No, she's yeah. like, you better get your shit together or you're not going to be in the show. <laughs> and I did. And I was in the show. Somehow I've magically got over my fear just to be able to do the performance. But right, we get in our own way a lot of yeah. things. I think whether it be, yeah. we don't want to outsource our certification process or whether yes. it be like, like we're too afraid to put something out there. One thing that Allison was told the story about her, she says a lot, which I've kind of taken to heart. She says, you're not embarrassed by the first um, like version of what you put out. You didn't put it out soon enough. Yeah. Because we oftentimes wait so long to make it perfect that we're in yeah. our own way. And yeah. we just got it out there. People might have feedback for us, yeah, but we're never going to get it perfect anyway. So just put it out there. Yeah. Right. And do what you can do with it. See what they think about it. Yeah. Perfection is the enemy of done. I've heard. Yes. Before. Cause we do wait. And that's a coping mechanism because if we put it out there, then we have to own it and then we have to take action on it. So the coping mechanism yes. is to procrastinate and say you're not ready and it's not perfect yet. So, right. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people listening right now who are like, yes, I want all of the benefits of certification. Yes, I need someone to help me work, walk through this process. What is the process for working with you? 
Well, first, I just want to mention that we only talked about the business development benefits. Mm-hmm. We didn't even talk about the company or leadership development benefits, oh, which okay. are, in my mind, some of the greatest benefits of being certified. So I'll give you an example that through my disability in, so we're dual certified as women-owned and disability-owned business enterprise, okay. which is the one that is the most underknown. And so we can go into that if we have time. Yeah. No, we have time. Okay. What falls under disability-owned? So that's where so that's where people like people forget about it. So women-owned is obviously your women. Ethnic minority is Black, Hispanic, Asian Indian, Asian Pacific, and Native American. Mm-hmm. Veteran means that you have a DD-214 that says you're officially an, um, an other than an honorable or this cannot be dishonorable discharged, okay. right? But and so some of them like the, not the Coast Guard, but the, like the reserves, it's like 20 years. Like there's some different caveats to that, but, okay. and then there's LGBT, you have to be a member of the LGBTQ community. Okay. And then the last one is disability. You know, this is the one that's most underknown. It's for, if people have a diagnosis that the ADA has identified as a disability, and if it is not managed correctly, can infringe on your ability to run your business. So what do I mean by that? So the ADA has, has identified everything from like thyroid conditions to sleep apnea, to diabetes, to asthma, okay. to ADHD, anxiety, depression, anything though. Why do I, what do I mean by manage this, right? So if you have a sleep apnea, you have to sleep with a CPAP machine. Yes. Because if you don't, you can't function the next day because you haven't slept. You don't have enough oxygen in your system. Right. Okay. If you have a thyroid condition and you don't take your medication by day three, you are lethargic and you get sick. All these things happen to you, which means it very much harder to run your business. The people will say like, and I've had people with one arm who are like, it doesn't hinder me from running my business. (laughs) I'm like, I understand that. That's why you're a successful entrepreneur because you didn't let it. But nonetheless, you have one arm, which does make things like typing slower. It's whatever else you're doing, right? And so that is the disability owned business enterprise certification. And it's one of my favorites. I get a ton out of it. One of them being this Toyota mentorship program that I, I applied for and I was selected for, where they match you up with one of their executives. So I was matched up with the CIO of Toyota North America. Now, first of all, if you sell to the fortune 100, having access to the C-suite is an invaluable opportunity to get their feedback on stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Because you can't even hire somebody that's currently in the C-suite probably to c- consult with you. They don't have the time, the bandwidth, or right. you can afford it, whatever it is. And so her feedback and her working with me was so mind-blowing on like stuff that she probably thought was so simple. Now she did say to me, I'm not an entrepreneur, Heather. I cannot tell you how to run your company. Like mm-hmm. you can teach me that all day, but I can't teach you that. What I can teach you are things that I'm good at. Process is a good thing for her, which I struggled with. And yeah. so she was able to help me kind of walk through the process and a way to track like how much things cost us so we can make sure we're spent costing things correctly. But then she also said, I would say to her, I was like, Holly, companies will tell me all the time, Heather, you're so amazing. You're just so fantastic. I mean, we're not going to hire you, but you're fantastic. I'm like, okay, Holly, where's the gap there? Like yeah. something's missing from like what I'm saying to what they need to hear. And so we worked on my message and we created a whole video just for my corporate clients to send to them wow. that she said, and she was like, that wouldn't speak to me what the first one I did, right? She's like, you need to tell me this. I'm like, you need to know that. I, that's so simple. She's like, for you, for you, we don't know that. And so you yeah. need to, and I was like, oh my goodness. It was like such simple things, but it was mind blowing in a sense that it changed. It changed mm-hmm. the trajectory of our work with corporate America. Mm-hmm. That to me is just as valuable as the business development benefits of a company. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Or just, I was able to take part in Tuck, the Tuck business school, which is the Dartmouth business school. Okay. They, um, I got a scholarship through one of my certifications to go. It's a $5,000 class and I got a scholarship to go. 
actually got two scholarships. I'm just waiting for the second one to be able to do it when it's back in person, which it just started back in person. So I have to apply for the second one because mm-hmm. like, but that to me, like getting an executive MBA and having someone else pay for it. Yes. Like huh. those are unbelievable benefits that so many people just don't talk about. And you can help people unearth understand that and find those benefits. Okay. Yes. So once you're certified, so first of all, our other company, diversity masterminds, which is the second logo back here, mm-hmm. we aggregate a lot of those opportunities. So people sign up for that list serve that okay. list, whatever they'll get those sent to them as well. But yeah, we help them understand that exactly how they can take advantage of the certification. Because there's other things besides just getting business. Totally. There's so many yeah. things, right? There's even like partnerships. Like how I found my partners for, for both diversity masterminds and supplier diversity in a box was from the conferences for my other certified diverse businesses. I mean, just think about the resources that you have access to once you're certified. I know one time I had an issue with a corporate procurement person. And we didn't mess up, but it was like a miscommunication thing necessarily. But I would like call the resource of mine, another supply diversity manager, and like, help me, help me fix this. I don't want to lose this contract. Right. And they did. They helped me with the verbiage I needed. And I saved the contract. And five years later, they're one of our biggest accounts. Yeah. Okay. So how many different offerings does your company have? So Certify My Company does certifications. Yep. And now that could be private sector. It could be the public sector. It could be a lot of different options. The only ones we don't do are 8A and HubZone. Okay. But we have partners we can send you over to people like that, like know how to do that. But we also do like those registrations. So once you're certified, you have to fill out the registration portal. So we offer a service for registration portals. We do recertification annually for our clients. And we do consulting about supplier diversity programming okay. and training. We do a lot of training for corporations. So the majority of our work is corporations actually hiring us to work with their suppliers that are already in their supply chain okay. to make sure that anyone who should be certified is. But okay. then we also have, you know, we do educational programming, speaking at events about the different benefits of certification, mostly for okay. entrepreneurial organizations. Mm-hmm. We'll do internal trainings because sometimes like the supplier diversity managers, like I've told my team so many times, like, I don't know why they're not listening. And I always equate it to like, if I tell my husband something, he's like, that stuff, yeah. whatever. Someone else has the same idea. He's like, you know, Mark had the most genius idea ever. I'm like, oh, that sounds so familiar, that idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I get hired by major corporations who have business developers in place, but they're like, yeah. we just need an outside voice because they don't listen to us anymore. It's so crazy, right? But mm-hmm. it's the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. So we'll do that and they'll be like, I said that. I'm like, I'm sure you said it. I'm We're sure made it. if not even yeah. better than I said it, but mm-hmm. I'm an outside voice. I'm not, there's nothing for me, nothing in it for me yep. for them to do better. Yep. So that way they think it's a genius idea. Yep. And then the diversity mastermind is also something that you offer. Yes. Diversity okay. masterminds teaches you how to leverage that powerful tool of certification. Okay. And I kept hearing people going like, I'm not going to be certified. I got nothing out of it. And I was like, what, how is that possible? Right. And then I'm like, did you do this? Did you do that? No, I didn't know I could. I didn't know I should. I was like, all yeah. right, there's another gap here of what you think you can do or what you should do versus what you actually should do. And so we created a, a course and what, we have an on-demand version. It's just videos. And we have a live cohort that okay. we do quarterly. People can sign up and they can, we can teach them how to use their certification. And time after time, people will tell us they learned more in the first hour of the course than they did in the, in five years of being certified. Do you have to be certified in order to take the mastermind? Yes. You do. Okay. Because you won't, you won't get anything out of it. it right. like, you can watch the videos, but then you're not going to log into the different portals to see different things that we're telling you okay. to do and pull information out. Okay. Perfect. But you don't have to be the owner. You can be the salesperson in a company to take it. Okay. And so how can people find you and get in touch with you? So you go to certifymycompany.com. Mm-hmm. Email is heather at certifymycompany.com. 
and just let us know that you want to reach out and either myself or someone on my team will let you, we'll get back to you. Um, usually it's me, the initial call, because I want to make sure you're getting the right certification. As I mentioned, mm-hmm. people will call me and be like, I want the state of New Jersey. I'm like, why? They're like, because I want to sell the Target. I'm like, Target doesn't care about the state of New Jersey. Let's get you WeBanks or our NMSTC certified, whatever it is. Right. Okay, perfect. So I'm going to put a link to that. Can I put a link to your email Absolutely. in the show notes as well? And okay. then we're all over like social media as well. Instagram is probably the preferred Instagram and LinkedIn, which is okay. just at certify my co. Okay. That's all the social handles, but we put like inf- information out there, like congratulatory messages out there. We like to put products out there. Like Screwball was just, Screwball is one of our clients. Screwball Whiskey mm-hmm. and they just were on the Today Show. I love Screwball. That's a peanut butter they're one, right? Bank and Disability in Certified. No, they're peanut butter, yes. right? Peanut butter whiskey. Love them yeah. More? yeah, peanut butter whiskey, I know. Yeah. That's my go-to in the winter. My husband prefers just like, like whiskey. And yeah. I'm like, no, I need the peanut butter one. <laughs> it's good in coffee. We use like, also we use like any coffee and stuff. Yep. But I have a great woman-owned bourbon company. <gasps> If you're a whiskey person. Yes. And she's in Boston. Where? What is it? Is it's it called Boston Harbor Distillery? Boston Harbor Distillers. Yes. I've been there a number of times. Yeah. I love Rhonda. She's amazing. Yeah, and Rhonda I'm... is my friend. Yes. Francesca's one of my friend Francesca's best friends. Oh, yeah. amazing. Yeah. I love her. I met her at a Women of the Mind and Spirit event. We were like kindred spirits. I love her because she'll like, it's a good day for whiskey. I'm like, isn't every day? Every Rhonda? day is a good like, day. Is. Yeah. <laughs> So her, her backstory was she was part of Sam Adams. Sam Adams, right. Yeah, yeah. No, that's funny that you know Rhonda. Yeah, I've, I've met her a handful of times. Yeah. Yeah. No. So there's so I, many amazing, amazing products out there that people just don't know about. And it's really funny because like whenever we go to Target with the kids, I'm like, who's finding the women-owned logo, right? So you're like, we're all running around Target trying to make a nice. game out of it, looking for it. So it's been really fun to yeah. do that. And there's no excuse to not look for for women-owned business, disability-owned business, minority-owned business, like, again, you have to look for them. You have to know who they are. So, yeah, that's great. Well, the truth is, like, I, you know, WeBank did something really smart. Let me see if I have this one here. So you can see on this product right here, can you see the women-owned logo that's on there? Yep. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I can see that. Yep. No, I can see it. Yeah. Yep. So that's the one that was created with Walmart and WeBank together. Mm-hmm. And the reason they did it, and you might know this, so I apologize if I'm telling you what you already know, but they did a study about seven years ago when they asked Walmart knew that women control about 83 to 85% of all consumer decisions. Exactly. And they know that women control like one point something, or no, maybe it's like $5 trillion in domestic. Cause yeah. it's like a big number. I think yeah. it's like 5 trillion, 3 trillion. It's a lot of money. It's and a lot so of trillions. Like, <laughs> it's a lot of trillions. So, and these, so I'm paraphrasing. So don't Google these exact words, but they were like, we want more of that money in our pocket. How are we yeah. going to get it? And so they were asked a bunch of their customers, like they asked them like nationwide you know, some, a lot of questions. And one of the questions was if you went in to buy shampoo, for example, again, paraphrasing, but you were more likely to buy one if you could easily identify it as women owned. Okay. And I will let you guess what percentage said they'd be more likely to buy it. A hundred percent. It was 90%, but pretty <laughs> close. Yeah. So they were like, what? That's a lot of money. So they helped create this logo. So that's a yes. retailable logo. And just to let you know, there's a, a magazine called Wine um, Intelligence Magazine. Okay. I've heard about this study. So did you know that this is pre-pandemic? So it's probably gone up since then, but 70% of all wine purchases are made by women in the US. I can 100% believe that. I think it's more now post, you know, as we're like moving out of the pandemic, I think that went up a lot over the last two years. <laughs> but Wine Intelligence wanted to know if the same statistic held true for wine drinkers. So they asked the women wine drinkers, like if you wanted to buy a bottle of wine, would you be more likely to buy it if you could tell it was women owned? And so what percentage do you think said yes? 90%. <laughs> 90%. Yeah. 
you know, there's a retailable logo. And so there's just like, understand it. Now the other organizations have not done retailable logos, but a lot of times they'll say things like there's a chip company called Nana's Chips out here in the Southwest. Mm-hmm. They're the best tortilla chips you'll ever have in your life, by the way. So if, if that's your trigger, don't buy them because you'll eat the whole bag. They're so good. <laughs> but they're minority owned. They're NMSDC certified. Yeah. So they don't have the logo on there, but it does say we're a minority owned company yes. on their brand. So you can look around, but you can definitely find them. But you know, it's about, we all yeah. want to know One where of my our money is going. has that logo on it. So um, El Senor. Who is it? El Senor. Oh, um, well, there's a great women owned one too. Oh, in Chicago. really? Okay. Inspira tequila. Inspira. Oh my God. Okay. It is truly sippable just on ice. Yeah, that's how I like it. With a yeah, with a squeeze of lime. Yeah, it's amazing, but it's truly sippable. It's exactly spirit like tequila. It. Okay, I'm gonna look that up. Yeah, yeah, so good. I know people are always like, "Do you have other products that aren't booze, Heather?" I'm like, "I do. I promise. I promise. I have other products that are not booze, but they just happen to be, but resonates with a lot of people, right? <laughs> Especially during um, the pandemic. So you can go and you're spending your money. Like, we want to know what do we do with our money. We've all heard the, if you buy from a large company, just buy the CEO a second yes. house. But I'll tell yeah. you, like, my kids are like. No, I get to go to dance lessons because people are hiring my mommy more, right? Yeah. Like you really, it really does impact your communities really and your taxes. Does. So it really does. You can be shopping or you can shop intentionally. Yes. Which one are you going to do? Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm writing this down because that was a great way to end it. I'm going to put it back in my wrap up. So I'm going to put links to everything. I'm going to wrap this up with all the amazing things that you said. This was so much fun. Thank you for being here. I'm so glad we got to connect. And you have to tell me how you know about Inspira Tequila. I think you're going to like it. I'm going to have to find it. And I, and you know me, I will find it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you again. My pleasure. Thank you. So two tracks of thought here as I wrap up this amazing interview. First, if you're eligible for a certification, get it. If you don't know if you're eligible for a certification, reach out to Heather and work with her to see what is available to you and what you qualify for. There's no downside to that. Second, diversifying your supplier chain doesn't mean just diversifying the color or the kind of people you work with. It means diversifying your thoughts, a diverse way of looking at problem solving, a diverse way of thinking about your business and how you can serve your clients. There is no downside to this either. I know a lot of you who listen to this podcast are eligible for a certification in one form or another. So if you have been thinking about it, Maybe now is the time to jump in and take action on it. Like the stories Heather told, you have no idea what that certification could do for your business growth. Now, to tip our hat to Heather's love of the circus and her tightrope walking abilities, the drink of the week is, drum roll please, the tightrope. Here's what you're going to need. One and a half ounce of mezcal. One and a half, half ounce of rye one quarter ounce of Amaro Nonino, one quarter ounce of cinnamon syrup, homemade, you know how to make this. You make this simple syrup and you put some cinnamon sticks in it and you steep it and then you take the cinnamon sticks out and then voila, you got cinnamon syrup. A couple dashes of chocolate bitters and a couple dashes of Angostura bitters. And if you have it, a spritz of grapefruit oil. What you're going to do is you're going to put everything into a cocktail glass, you know, one of those carafes. You're with ice. You're going to stir it, stir it, stir. So this one's going to shake it. You're going to stir, 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 stir until it all comes together. And then you're going to strain that over one of those big rocks in an old-fashioned glass and then garnish with that spritz of grapefruit oil. All right, friends, that's it for this week. 
If you like what you heard today, please leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. Also remember, you can find me on LinkedIn, Julie Brown BD. Just shoot me a note and let me know where you found me. You can also find me on Instagram, Julie Brown underscore BD. And that's it. Until next week. Cheers. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a tip. And remember, you can unapologetically be who you authentically are and still be wildly successful. That's a fact. See you next week on This Shit Works. <laughs>